shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Vision Christian Radio is all about connecting faith to life. From inspiring stories about the struggles we all face. To helping you understand the issues going on in the world. To clear and understandable Bible teaching. All peppered with great Christian music. The latest news. And even a few laughs along the way. You're about to experience just a small part of what we do. For the full experience, tune into a Vision Christian Radio FM or AM station near you. Listen online at visionradio.org.au Or download our free app. We want to talk about a number of things. Let me just outline a couple of them. Creative ways to afford a family holiday. And sometimes we don't get to have those family holidays and miss out on all of the benefits that come from creating those family memories because we haven't got that little extra in the budget to be able to afford to take the family on a holiday. So how can you get creative about that and afford that family holiday? And that doesn't have to be multiple times a year, but and maybe not even every year. But uh, you might like to let us in on your creative ways of affording a family holiday. Also talking about plugging the holes in the budget where you've got uh, the bucket seems to be so full of holes that the family budget uh, just keeps losing all of that hard-earned cash. Well, you might have a few uh, creative ways that you can plug those holes in the bucket today too. And always wonderful to welcome our special guest, Gavin Martin, who's the founder of Cornerstone Wealth, Managing Director, Financial Advisor, and uh, ready to take your calls and questions today when it comes to the ways that we talk about family finances. Hello, Gavin. Welcome back to 2020. Hi, good Neil. Great to be with you. Well, Gavin, always good catching up with you, and uh, particularly when we talk through these issues, and I know you love to be very practical about the ways that families can get on top of uh, the issues that we face so far as family budgets and things like that go. But let me take you back to uh, the the foundation of our conversation today, the idea of having creative ways to afford a family holiday. Now, I know that you love to have family holidays. I don't know whether you can let us in on some of the things that you like to do because uh, you've got a whole bunch of kids. Now, let me just, its is it five children you've got? Uh, we've got seven now, Neil, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I talk to you, there's an extra one. It's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's fabulous. So seven children. So, so we are talking about a larger family here, and, uh, and I know you love to have those family holidays. Uh, how do you get creative when, when you and your wife and, and you're wanting to take those children on a holiday with you? Yeah, one of the best ways that um, we create those memories and have fun times with the families through holidays is to uh, do a, an annual trip down to, we're, we're in Victoria, so down to Wilson's Promontory. Um, and it's, you get a fantastic uh, beachfront position. Um, it's, it's camping with no electricity, um, but we just love it. The kids love it. We get away from all the technology, but we've got just the most beautiful setting, and uh, it's a very, very cost-effective way to create those memories and have a fun time down at the beach. So it's a matter of identifying a relatively inexpensive place where your kids can be safe and secure, but you know you're going to be able to do all those exciting things that can create the family memories. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the focus. We can sometimes get caught up on how much the holiday is going to cost and that we need to have this sort of um, facility or go 
that location because that's what our friends did. But um, I think it's all really getting back to how do you create those fun um, family environments that you can uh, remember and reflect back on for the kids to, um, uh, you know, to, to enjoy and, and to think about in the future. Gavin, there is another train of thought about camping out under the stars. And, uh, and I've got some friends, actually, who like to use this little line. We camp out under the stars, five stars. And uh, the idea of having a five-star getaway and staying at a, you know, a five-star hotel. I mean, uh, there's, a <laughs> there's a lot of ways you can camp out under the stars. There, there are, yeah, exactly. And, uh, but everyone's different. So it might not be that everybody's into camping and, and they can choose to do, I guess, alternate five-stars <laughs> uh, options. And uh, I, I guess the, the challenge for everybody is to, how do we do it without um, breaking the budget or putting too much pressure on, on us as a family by uh, spending too much on those holidays? Helping you make sense of life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. It's Neil with you on 2020 and our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. I'd love to have your creative ideas today about what you do when you want to have that family holiday on a budget. Uh, You want to be able to do it in a creative way because you appreciate that there are some great values to families going on holiday. Our guest is Gavin Martin, founder of Cornerstone Wealth. He's managing director and financial advisor. Uh, Gavin, when you go on those camping holidays uh, and you're trying to do things on a budget, uh, it's not always so easy, but at least if the accommodation is not such a heavy burden, families can get away and actually do that family holiday thing and, and actually create the memories that they really desire. Yeah, um, particularly with the camping, because uh, when, you, when you are so remote, uh, it is often difficult to spend other money on uh, expensive items. So uh, for us, the camping works really well. Uh, but there are other ideas you can uh, do as well. There's... Um, uh, house swapping that you can there's a number of different sites that I know that are available even a Christian house swap type um, of site where you can swap homes with another family and uh, live in that location and you not only get to um, see what it's like to live in the, in a suburban environment um, and not necessarily in a hotel um, but you get to do it with no cost and so there are lots of different ideas and I'm sure some listeners have a few to add to it as well. Yes, and you might like to tell us your experience of house swapping, just how successful was that and uh, what sort of trust do you have to have if you've actually allowed your house to be used by someone you don't know? Uh, perhaps you'd like to let us in on, on how that feels. Uh, the idea of house sharing too uh, or even just visiting relatives. Yeah, one of the most fondest memories I have as a kid is um, simply every, uh, I think it was every Christmas holidays, we would go to our, uh, our cousin's house. So they lived about two hours away in another regional town. And uh, we would just spend three or four days with them. It was very low cost. We'd, have, uh, the Olymp- we'd play the Olympics. So there'd be a swimming pool sort of volleyball game. There'd be cricket. Uh, and then there'd be uh, pool uh, billiards as well. And uh, that was a very, very low-cost holiday, but I've got the fondest memories of that and had so much fun. And I'm sure 
um, I'm not sure what your experiences of holidays growing up were, Neil, but uh, it, I think they're my, some of the most fond memories. They are fond memories. And, you know, when you do the getaway and uh, you're, say, in a house where you're sharing that and uh, as a child where you've got all your cousins uh, because everybody's under the one roof and you don't get to see each other all that often, you do have just an amazing time. So the idea of a combined family holiday with cousins or with close friends uh, actually can cut down the expense quite significantly. Yes, exactly. Another one is is, um, house sharing where... Uh, this year when we go down camping, uh, we've got friends coming over from Adelaide who are going to uh, look after our house. So they get to have a holiday in Melbourne at very low cost and um, we get our house looked after at the same time. So, um, yeah, lots of different ways to the cat there. But if, if you do need to pay for holidays, you need to pay for flights, then planning ahead works really quite well. And uh, the other way to think about... Um, uh, you know, not uh, getting into debt with holidays is to, to put a little wa- a little bit away each week so that you, uh, you know, avoid that um, Christmas credit card hangover and uh, avoid having a headache when you're on holiday with that credit card hangover uh, in, in January. We're taking calls on 1-800-316-316. If you'd like to join in our conversation, we're talking about some creative ways to afford a family holiday. You know it's an important thing for uh, parents to get away on a family holiday with their children. Some wonderful memories are created in that time. You might like to contribute, 1-800-316-316. We're also talking about plugging the holes in the bucket when it comes to your personal finances or the family budget. You might have some creative ways of plugging those holes, 1-800-316-316. Let's hear from Winston in Yearling in WA. Hello, Winston. Welcome along to 20. 20? Yeah, g'day. Winston, welcome along. And uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on family holidays or on uh, plugging holes in the bucket? Yeah, well, sort of one thing that, like, um, you know, one my mum used to imply quite a lot was, was on holiday, um, you kind of either have no or limited TV and things like that. And... You know, because then you, you go off and do other things while you're there. And, you know, because, well, with my family, because I'm, you know, well, I'm a farmer now, but I was brought up on a farm, and basically when, you, when you're when you at school, the only time you have is basically once you more or less finish and someone to just do bits and pieces um, between then and sort of February. And, yeah, I... Um, like I, I enjoyed them, and also too because I some and, and in some cases um, my mum would take sort of like um, my grandmother and and the, the brother and myself on holiday sort of during the winter maybe, but it, it wasn't you know because you know it was only for like say a space of a week because didn't really get much time, and we weren't you know we weren't the people to hoard camping gear because. Well, we weren't experts at it, and the thing is, too, is you know, when you think about it, camping gear can also be costly, especially if you don't use it lots. I um, think you've got a good point or three there to make. Gavin Martin, your thoughts on what Winston's sharing? I oh, yeah, love the concept of turning off TVs and getting away from it all because you do, we are a very consumer-orientated society, so turning off the TV not only... Uh, gets us out and about doing things, but it's not just looking at, at looking at those ads that make us think that we need to buy these other things as well. 
Um, but yeah, you're right, Winston. Uh, camp, there's all sorts of different camping, and uh, uh, people often focus on glamping these days with all the gear that they have. Um, but uh, yeah, I think you can do it at all different ends of the spectrum. You can you can borrow gear. Uh, you can go pretty limited uh, in tents rather than the um, the Winnebago van type scenario. So I think it's uh, you can be creative and, and and do it pretty cost effectively. But yeah, as you say, uh, you can you can let cost get away and and, and buy all the all the Swiss gear as well. Uh, Winston, while you're with us, when you are buying camping gear, and uh, and you've said uh, you know you sort of have a limit on that because uh, you don't want to have so much of it because it can become a big expense. Um, this is what our family's done too over the years at different times when our children were younger. Is that uh, is we, we had the tent and we had the sleeping bags, but we were resisting the idea of buying the kitchen sink and all of the other things that you'd need to put on a trailer because uh, it ultimately gets very expensive when you've got to transport all that gear. What, what we, yeah. we along those lines, Winston, was that sort of your plan as well, not to get too heavily involved in buying um, all that camping gear? Well, even even. Um on a basis of just buying the gear alone is, you know, quite quite nif- quite before you even get there, even if it is on special, it's not. Well, to me, well, from from my understanding, but if you, like I must admit, if you want to buy good quality gear, you can go out and buy it. Um, and it, and I, I assume it would last, like, you know, you do get what you pay for with camping gear, no doubt. Um and, you know, but with our family, we didn't really have much of it because, I don't know, because I suppose my old man worked outdoors a lot of the time, worked outdoors a lot of the time, sort of, you know, by the time that we finished work and everything, we just want to stay inside sort of thing. <laughs> yes. um, so, I mean, yeah, it, it's a bit horses for courses, but that's just sort of my perspective. And, and the thing is, too, is that, you know, because we're, we're farmers, like, you know, to go out in some bushland kind of just about tires us because, um, you know, by that by that time of the year, it wouldn't be bad to see a bit of ocean. Like, you know, even my dad wasn't a fan of, of the beach or anything, isn't a fan of the beach or anything, but... But a change of scenery is uh, the best way to actually get that holiday. And and I like what you're saying too. The change of scenery for a lot of families is actually getting away from the TV, getting away from those mobile devices, which are uh, so time-consuming and actually start to... uh, you know, shape our whole identity. Winston, thank you so much for your call. 1-800-316-316 if you'd like to join in our conversation. 1-800-316-316 looking for some creative ways to afford a family holiday. You might even like to contribute in a more of a philosophical sense in saying why is it important for you to actually have a family holiday? You might like to reflect on your own experience. You might like to... uh, uh, even ask a question. You're able to do that too. Gavin Martin, the founder of Cornerstone Wealth, and we've been hearing about Gavin's camping expeditions. Seven children. Uh, Gavin, when you go camping with the seven children, how many tents do you have to house everybody? <laughs> yeah, it's a very good question. The last few years that we've gone, we've been able to borrow uh, a caravan. So we have uh, four or f- five of us in the caravan. And then we've got a, a tent that we put up outside the caravan, so we able to we're able to house them that way. So it works works quite well. And uh, we normally go for with a couple of other families, and it's just a very fun time. Yeah. Uh, does everything always go right when you go camping? 
Uh, no, I remember being up at uh, three o'clock one morning when there was um, Wilson's Prom is notorious for these winds that come through every now and then, and uh, we had to try and hold uh, tents down. The awning we were trying to get in. It was. Um, yeah, and the next day I think half the people left because their tents were destroyed. But uh, <laughs> they're, they're the sort of stories that are good good fun to talk about later. Yes. Uh, reflecting on something else that Winston was talking about, Winston from WA, and talking about the cost of camping gear, I guess if you're saying, well, I'm going to go camping this summer holidays, this Christmas time, uh, and I'm going to buy all the camping gear, and that's supposed to be cheaper than actually paying for the accommodation. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I guess uh, the accommodation that you pay for might actually be uh, less than the cost of all the camping gear. I guess camping gear it becomes cost effective when you get to use it multiple times, and it's paid for itself in the savings that you make. Yeah, exactly. And I guess that's where we've actually been able to, you know, borrow. Um uh, a caravan. We bought a second-hand uh, tent off other friends that weren't using it anymore. So uh, it's a matter of trying to work out the best way for you to to do it. And, and obviously, if the funds are there, you can you can buy the gear. If they're not, then try and get um, creative about how you can uh, structure it. Uh, but we've also found because we've got a number of uh, kids, um, we can't cost-effectively go to your standard uh, uh, commercial caravan parks because they have a per child charge and um, so sometimes we're better off hiring a or renting a house than we are to be at a caravan park so where we've got a, a Victorian government funded uh, park or managed park uh, it works well for us because they have a don't have a limit per um, or we're within the limits of the uh, campsite um, so there's lots of different things that you need to factor in um, but uh, I guess that's part of the fun of it making uh, making plans and, and putting them together as a family. Gavin, if you're thinking of doing a family holiday and it's just not been your thing because there's never those spare dollars to go around, uh, how do you structure that bit of saving? I guess we're coming back to a family budget here and not everybody does that so effectively, but, but you've got to be able to put a few dollars aside each week and say that's if we're going to have a holiday, it's going to be because we've saved for it. Uh, unless you wave your credit card around, but then that's, that's we'll get onto that and uh, talk about some of those pitfalls. But uh, but so far as you know, as for so far as getting that those dollars set aside, how do you go about that? Yeah, there's this whole concept of uh, paying yourself first that is is really crucial crucial in this scenario. Uh, so if you've got goals that you want to achieve, and let's say that that's a holiday goal, and you need to save uh, thirty dollars a week to, to do that, um, the key thing is when you're the money comes in each week or fortnight or month. Uh, do you do your giving? Um, I guess pay your taxes and then pay yourself first for the things that you need to save for long term, and then live off the rest. Uh, the key way that you can achieve this is uh, by using a debit card rather than a credit card, because once the money is no longer, you've got no more money in the account. You've you've put aside your savings for your holidays or car or whatever it is you can't spend more than what's in that account. So uh, that's where I encourage people to focus on, on debit cards if they uh, need to focus on not spending more than they earn each month. Interesting when we start to talk about how you prioritise your money, Gavin. And as a Christian believer, you have an appreciation of the value of giving to God, uh, the value of paying the taxes that you do owe. 
but there is a sense, isn't there, if we don't manage the money, if we don't have a right attitude towards it, uh, we're actually letting the money control us. And I guess uh, the big challenge and one of the benefits that you actually pick up when you're talking about finances in a Christian context is that you take control of the money. The money isn't the thing that actually controls you. And and you're never going to have that family holiday getaway unless you actually take control and direct the money to do what what it should be intended to do. Yeah, exactly. You've touched on those whole uh, biblical principles of stewardship, uh, that uh, we are just managers of the resources that we've been put in our control. uh, which which is so so crucial, and it's I guess also reflected on that that verse around um, that money isn't the root of all kinds of evil, but it's the love of money which is the root of all kinds of evil, and that's where the money starts to control us, and uh, yeah, that's the I guess the boundaries that we need to, to to try and keep. And it's interesting that the giving process, that whole process of actually. Uh, giving back a, a part of what you've been blessed with is a crucial part in understanding and breaking the bind of money um, money controlling us. It's amazing how that act is, is such a crucial way of stopping money controlling us. Uh, Gavin, I can hear a few brains uh, rattling and uh, the sort of question that comes that says, well, you know, we're on a tight budget and uh, we're giving to God, uh, paying a tithe or giving an offering at our local church. And uh, you know what? There's this little temptation that, that creeps in that says, you know what, if I wasn't paying that tithe, I'd be able to afford a great family holiday every year. Uh, what do you say to people who want to sort of, you know, test the boundaries on the priorities that God sets in in the the Bible? Uh, is there a, a way that you sort of say, well, you know, this is how you set the priorities in order and uh, it's an attitude issue? Uh, yes, it definitely is. And I think uh, the, the challenge is for us is that um, God provides or the understanding is that God provides us all to it, uh, our resources to us, our money and possessions. He provides it um, so that even if we give of it, uh, we are trusting in him to continue to provide further. And I think that's where the bind of um, money controlling us is actually broken because then we're reliant on God providing um, the next piece of income, the next resources, and I think that's the crucial part of it. We're actually placing him more in control by giving back to him and saying, look, I'm giving this money, I'm on a tight budget, but now I'm more reliant on you uh, engaging in my finances and looking after my situation. I guess if you get the attitude right, you're on a track to taking your finances to the next level, which is one of the things we were going to be talking about through this hour and inviting our listeners to be part of this conversation because taking your finances to the next level, uh, some of us will be able to identify times in our own lives when we've changed the attitude that we have to our finances, to our money, to the income that we have, and things have taken an upward swing. Uh, you've even got a like a seven-point plan, Gavin Martin, and I'm going to ask you to quickly go through your seven-point plan uh, so that we can get a, an overview, and then we'll invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation, perhaps comment on some of those things. But if you want to take your family finances to the next level, what do you start with, and, uh, and, and how does that seven-point plan unfold? 
Yeah, what we need to do with our personal finances to take them to the next level is different for everybody. One person that might be uh, being faithful in, in starting the giving process, um, for others it, it might be uh, aligning our goals and finances with our spouse to, so that we're working together and bringing each other closer. So there are a range of things that you could do to take your finances to the next level. But broadly, there are five, uh, seven key steps that we can all um, work through uh, to prioritise the next step. So the first one is to um, save an emergency fund of $1,000. Once you've got that in place, pay off all your consumer debt. So that's car loans, credit cards, um, personal loans, all that sort of consumer-type debt. Third step is save a larger emergency fund. And generally, generally, we talk about three to six months living expenses. So if you're spending five grand a month, uh, then that's between a fifteen and $30,000 that you save in an emergency fund so that you're buffered from what life throws at you and life will throw things at you. Uh, so it is best that buffer. Uh, then you can start to think about major purchases, whether it's uh, buying a home, selling, uh, buying a business, a car, or uh, education. Um, there you're generally your major purchases. Paying off the mortgage is the next focus and then starting to invest. And, and after that, it's really about having your living expenses paid for so that you can then free up your time to do whatever you um, feel called to do or enjoy doing. A seven-point plan there, and, uh, you know, I can't help but think that $1,000 emergency fund, uh, if we were able to save for that and have that set aside, and that's that little buffer there that uh, for the rainy day or when something uh, major goes wrong, that that's there, uh, could also be quite tempting to use that to create uh, your affordable family holiday that we've been talking about too. I guess you've got to resist uh, using some of those emergency funds that you've got set aside uh, for using for uh, for personal things like family holidays. Yeah, the the label of that $1,000 is an emergency fund and the design of it is to avoid having to use debt should the fridge break down or... Uh, the car need um, major repairs or there be an excess on an uh, insurance policy because you've had an accident. Um, yeah, the idea is that it avoids you having to use the credit cards or debt should those or when those things happen because it's not a matter of if, it's when. Um, so, yeah, try not to use it for things like holidays, but try to save over and above that for the holidays rather than the whole idea of the emergency fund, both the $1,000 and the three to six months um, of uh, living expenditure, both those emergency funds are really designed to avoid needing to go into into debt when life throws difficulties at us. It's Neil with you and we are talking finances this hour and what an amazing slice of wisdom there from Bob Gass in the word for today and particularly I'm impressed with reflecting on that sentence that he used as he was talking about the word for today tithing isn't how much the tithing isn't how the church raises its budget it's how God raises his children uh, some words of wisdom from Bob Gass and talking about finance there again today. Uh, Gavin Martin, uh, we're talking through issues about how to afford a family holiday and uh, taking finances to the next level. And uh, want to be able to talk too about plugging the holes in the bucket uh, where all those dollars seem to be going. And we'll get to uh, some of those uh, more some great principles from you, Gavin Martin, in just a moment. But let's take a call from John in Warrnambool in Victoria. Hello, John. Welcome along to 2020. Hello, Neil. 
Um, yeah, we used to live at Ararat. I was in the law enforcement before retiring, and we had four children, and we lived on a property out of town, and always seemed that when the kids were on school holidays, I was on the, in one of those periods when any holidays were vetoed. So mm. the kids, um, we used to pack the kids up overnight and take them down the back paddock and set up the tents and barbecue, and yeah. Okay. So, uh, so the camping expedition wasn't so much uh, travelling long distance uh, no, to a to a formal that's... camping ground, but you actually just yeah, you find a space on the property and go and pitch a tent. That's right. And we kids would stay there a couple of nights, and I'd yeah go down with them, with them when I wasn't working, and yeah, it was just fun. Well, that's the yeah. way to really save dollars right. on the accommodation charges. Gavin Martin, your thoughts on what John's sharing? Yeah, I'd love to hear whether you still hear the kids talking about it because. You, it's a very cost-effective holiday, but I reckon the memories that you've and fun that they've had during those times, you'd, they'd be still talking about today, would they not? Oh yeah, even so, even to the point where my uh, my own son, he's got three uh, children, and um, he themselves, uh, they'll just go out in the backyard, set up a tent. The kids will, and even him, will stay at the end for the night in, just in their back suburban backyard. So yeah, a bit of a holiday for them. So it's definitely not how much you spend. It's about the the spending the time together, the quality uh, of time, a fun yeah. environment. Yep. And you know, uh, there's so many different levels you can go camping, and that would be the that's the most cost-effective one: uh, pitching the tent in the backyard or somewhere on the property if you've got a broader space. That's uh, right. But there's also uh, you, there's all different levels of camping too, isn't there? Because you oh, can yeah. go to camping grounds that are inexpensive, then you go to caravan parks that have some areas where you can pitch a tent. Gets a little bit more expensive. The more that's amenities right. you've got to use, like if you want to have a shower and uh, nice. A toilet block to uh, to use, uh, then yep. it costs an extra few dollars. But you can you oh, can yeah. sort of pick your level, can't you? That's correct. And just down in, in Victoria with the parks, there are camping spots where it doesn't cost to uh, actually set up. There's not much in the way of facilities. You might have a uh, a barbecue spot or a uh, uh, what they call a dump toilet. But um, yeah. You just sit up there and there's no cost. You can sit up your tents and or, car- or caravan if you want a caravan, but here yeah, just camp under the stars. Or And, John, you pick the right time of year too to go camping and you try to avoid uh, the wet season or when it's too cold, I guess springtime yep. and autumn. And uh, where you are there in Victoria, I guess a great time of year to be going camping sometime usually around sort of Easter time or uh, even this time of year. Yeah, uh, September school holidays or Easter is all pretty good. I'd avoid the uh, real hot weather because that's when the, the bushfire season starts. So, yeah. Well, John, from Warrnambool in Victoria, thanks so much for your input today here on 2020. You can be part of our conversation looking for uh, those creative ways to afford a family holiday. And, uh, and I guess that's probably the most cost-effective one, pitching a tent on your property or in your backyard it really doesn't cost anything much, and uh, and you can have a fabulous time and create memories as well. Gavin Martin, let's move on to uh, that third dimension that we were talking about, because if you want to really afford your family holiday, 
sometimes when you get to that uh, that time and you know there's no dollars spare and you think oh can we do it can't we do it uh, this little bit of uh, preparation in advance could also include the plugging of those holes in the bucket when it comes to our finances just uh, oozing out left right and center and we don't know how to contain it all have you got some tips for us on how to actually plug those holes yeah we can focus two ways to help your family finances and one is the increasing income and the other one's uh, plugging the leaking bucket, which is reducing your expenses. And I think it's healthy on a regular basis to just review those expenses because we can um, just let things get away a bit and we uh, fall into comfort zones or we create habits that aren't always that beneficial. And if you just review them uh, on a regular basis, it might be every three months, um, you might do it more regularly. Um, But it's just really important to... Think about plugging holes in the bucket. And we recently did this with uh, one lot of expenditure on a um, coffee pod machine we got. So we weren't making very nice coffees for our guests when they came. So we got one of these pod machines. But then we started to use it ourselves more regularly um, uh, each day. And then we've actually calculated how much we've spent on that and realised that our coffee pod expenditure has gone significantly higher than it was uh, previously (laughs) and a bit unnecessary. So we've just focused on um, uh, cutting that back a little bit. Um, But uh, in in the days of, you know, technology and automatic debits coming out of your account, it's very easy to let regular uh, transactions be set up and continually continuing to be deducted from your accounts but not actually utilising the service. And I guess the classic one there is your gym membership that you've not attended for the last six months and are still paying the, the regular weekly or, or, or monthly fee to them. What about other things? I mean, there are a lot of things people are trying to rope us into often. And, uh, you know, I'm just thinking of, you know, pay TV and all its various forms and that sort of thing. And uh, and these become luxuries for us. And perhaps we feel like we're better off having that uh, every day of the year rather than the family holiday. But sometimes that can impact on whether you can afford the family holiday because you've got all of these other expenses that are going out every month. Yeah, I think that's a big one. Um, uh, I guess uh, during the GFC, I think a lot of those types of services were advertised. Um, uh, and it's not called an... Uh, in, 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 the kids call them incursions, like uh, excursions that they do internally. And I think that's a, those types of uh, uh, pay TV and those services uh, are marketed in that way so that you, you're being more cost-effective because not having to go out. But... I think you do, uh, if, it's the, if the opportunity cost is, if you're choosing either the pay TV or a holiday, um, I think you're, um, you're foregoing all those fun family mem- memories um, by having those types of technology offerings. But uh, everyone's different. It's a matter of choosing what you're going to spend your um, money on and what your priorities are and what you want to achieve with the resources that you have in your control. And uh, reviewing those Leaky holes in the bucket is an important part of that process. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, we could we could almost, uh, you know, get into the sort of the killjoy idea here because, uh, you know, all of these things that we think we're taking on because they're going to create, uh, you know, good things in our lives, uh, sometimes they are the holes in the bucket that do need to be filled. And I'm thinking, you know, it's nice for families to have fast food, but if you have fast food too many times, that's another a hole, I guess, in the, in the bucket and, uh, and money that doesn't need to be spent. 
Yeah, it's one of the most uh, commonly uh, common areas of budgets blowing out is the entertainment area. So uh, going out for dinner rather than doing something cost-effective at home. And uh, it's, it's by far, uh, when you, you drill down on budgets, uh, one of the areas that uh, uh, can easily be blown out, but also on the flip side can easily be uh, managed uh, and achieve, achieve the same outcomes by uh, having uh, dinner at home, whether it's hosting people or what have you. Uh, it can be a lot more cost-effective. But uh, other than that area, the, the other massive area is... Um, uh, borrowing for cars that's probably the biggest area where you can save by uh, you know driving that more cost effective car uh, and having no debt on it so yeah they're probably two key areas that uh, can be quick wins on cutting back expenditure let me ask you about your family again uh, gavin you've got seven children and uh, so all this stuff's very important to make sure that you've got all those holes blocked uh, who cuts the hair of your children do you do this at home or do you have someone who's, you know, comes around or do you, you go out? I mean, I'm just asking you something personal here, but, uh, but you know, with seven kids, uh, that's a big expense that you could probably, uh, you can moderate if, if you've got the right way of approaching it. <laughs> that's really good. We haven't talked about this earlier, uh, Neil, but, yeah, it's interesting. I, I cut our boys' hair um, and uh, early on it started off being buzz cuts. So I bought yep. a pair of clippers for $60. And uh, we, we started off going to hairdressers. And then I thought, well, how about we give this a go? I think it was a friend, actually, that uh, said, oh, well, I'd do it for my boys. How about, how, how about you do it? And so um, I gave it a go. And now I do uh, most of our kids' haircuts. Um, obviously, we've got um, five boys. And so they're happy to, you know, just have the buzz cut generally. Um, but now I'm starting to do a bit more cutting as my skills are improving. Um, and then uh, we've got two girls, so the youngest one's only six months, so she doesn't need a haircut yet, and, and longer hair is actually quite easy to um, cut, yeah. But so there's lots of ideas. There's a site called, um, an Australian site called Simple Savings, and they've got thousands of um, ideas that people have contributed to uh, on how to uh, save and put, um, you know, plug the leaks in the buckets. And they range from things as simple as squash the toilet roll before you put it onto the onto the toilet roll holder because then it's not going to flow right out and you waste a heap of toilet paper when you um, when you go into the toilet. And, and uh, yeah, just a lot of different ideas that, um, that they've got that can help you think about ways to plug that budget. Well, I've heard of that uh, site, Simple Savings, you say, and, uh, and there are probably a lot of different sites you can Google and get a bit more frugal about how those dollars keep leaking out of the bucket. Uh, still time to uh, have listener uh, calls today. If you'd like to be part of our talkback conversation, uh, there might be some ideas you have about plugging holes in the bucket. Uh, we'd like to hear from you, 1-800-316-316. We've also been talking about creative ways to afford a family holiday because uh, Christmas holidays are almost here and some of us will be sitting around going, you know what, we can't afford to have a holiday this year. Uh, the big challenge there, of course, is if you've got a little bit of uh, room on your credit card that you might actually use that credit card to actually uh, pay for the holiday and then be paying the holiday off for the next year. Uh, Gavin, this is another area, isn't it, that uh, that getting that credit card under control uh, to be able to afford that family holiday, uh, sometimes it could be a mistake to actually just use the plastic? Yeah, it is, and it can be for the 
the summer holiday or it could be for the Christmas presents. But uh, it is a really, really common thing that credit cards are blown out during that December period. And then you've got the credit card hangover in, in January that flows on through the year. And uh, so, yeah, I really encourage people to try to avoid that because like our family holidays, and uh, Caller from Warrnambool was suggesting they had lots and lots of fun on a very, very low budget. It's not what you spend on it, but it's, it's um, the memories that you're creating. All these Christmas presents will probably be um, uh, either damaged or worn out or not working in a few months' time, uh, but that credit card um, debt can be hanging around for a while. So focus on what you the, the fun memories, the fun times, rather than blowing out that credit card budget. A biblical perspective on life, culture, and current events. This is 2020 on Vision Christian Radio. Talking through some financial details this hour on just how you go about creative ways to afford a family holiday, recognizing that family holidays are fabulous times to have fun and create memories. And in so doing, we've gotten to all sorts of issues like plugging holes in the bucket where finances just seem to ooze out left, right and centre and we can sometimes tend to lose control of those. Uh, We've been talking about taking finances to the next level and actually having our finances under our control rather than the finances themselves controlling us. Gavin Martin from Cornerstone Wealth is with us. Gavin, as we sort of draw some things together here, affording the family holiday, I guess if you're talking about mum and dad, uh, mum and dad, if you're talking about getting away as a family, I guess you have to be on the same page, thinking the same way uh, to be able to, you know, not be going on doing something where one one of those uh, one of the spouses is is disappointed and uh, and that can create all sorts of frictions. How important is it, do you think, uh, for couples to be on the same page? Yeah, I think it's crucial, and uh, and it uh, has such a big impact. Finances has such a big impact in relationships. It's a number one argument starter. It's um, it's really crucial to to get right. And, and one of the key things that that I see is where members of a couple are talking about our finances, and and that might be practically set up by having a joint account, and you're working together on that joint account rather than saying this is my finance and this is uh, that's my spouse's finances, um, bringing not only your goals together but also representing that practically by having a bank account together, uh, I think really brings that alignment together. And as we're talking about holidays, it enables us to focus on those goals and achieve uh, those savings that we need to, to uh, you know, come up with those outcomes that, that we're after. Crucial thing is to, to work together towards those goals, um, aligning our resources together. I guess it's the case that in some couples, uh, you've got one who is out of control on spending and another one who's trying to rein it in, and that might be one motive for having separate accounts. Uh, is there value in drawing the couple together by actually having a goal for what you actually spend your money on, and uh, and perhaps that's the family holiday that you might be thinking of uh, that actually brings that together in the joint account so you are actually a couple rather than two separate entities. Yes, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head. 
but everybody's going to do it differently, and sometimes you have separate accounts in in, a, in one spouse's names because the interest on that is better to be taxed in a lower in uh, lower taxed uh, spouse. Uh, but from a big picture perspective, it is important that you're thinking that your finances are as your finance, family finances and it's not your individuals. You can, and it's good and healthy to set aside a little budget for each member of a spouse to spend without having to ask the other other member of the spouse to um, how they're spending it. Um, so it's good to have that little budget in there um, that you can spend without... Um, Consulting, but uh, yeah, crucial to uh, align your finances together. Um, that might be done through a, a joint account where most of the transactions uh, occur. Um, but yeah, bigger, bigger picture-wise, that's not the most important thing. The most important thing is to um, making sure that you are aligning your finances together. And that might be the next step that you guys need to take to bring your finances to the next level. Uh, there's an there's a crucial uh, element of doing all of this together, and that is how often do you think you ought to review your finances together as uh, say husband and wife? Uh, is there a sort of a you know is there a rule of thumb that you like to talk about as uh, how often you get around the the finances and review those things, plug the holes in the bucket, plan the family holiday? Do you have any sort of uh, you know ad- advice on that area? Yeah, everybody's different, but generally at least an annual uh, readjustment or a realignment of your goals to work out how we're going to focus our resources this year. But generally it needs to be a monthly thing where if you are working to a budget and there are times at the end of the month where things are tighter before the next payment comes through, uh, then I think you need to be communicating on a regular basis about that. And that's the beauty of having a joint account because... You're both talking together. It creates the conversation uh, that you need uh, to dis- to discuss the bank account and therefore your priorities. And and ideally, that would then bring you closer together and not further apart. Is it the case that oftentimes we don't talk about these things because either one or the other just isn't interested in talking through all the financial details? You know the the attention span runs out. But I guess that's where if you're making a plan for a family holiday, you can actually be talking about the holiday, but at the same time you're actually, uh, you know, restructuring your finances? Yeah, it is one of the most challenging areas and generally one spouse is more of a spender uh, than the other spouse. And where that's a bit more out of control than, than, than what's healthy, that is a really challenging thing to handle. Um, and, and it and it needs to be, I guess, done prayerfully um, and uh, carefully. Uh, but it is one of the most challenging areas. But if uh, if you don't get a hold of it, it's just going to cause further problems over the longer term. Uh, let me just recount quickly those seven points that you gave uh, for taking family finances to the next level. You said set aside a thousand dollar emergency fund, pay off consumer debt. Develop that three to six month emergency fund, then go to major purchases, pay off the mortgage, investing for the future, and then living expenses funded. Uh, Gavin, I'll point people to your website uh, for Cornerstone Wealth, cornerstonewealth.com.au. Gavin Martin is the founder of Cornerstone Wealth. He's the managing director, the financial advisor. And Gavin, always great getting your insights onto these issues of finance and uh, a fun time and uh, 
great to hear of your haircutting skills. Thanks for being with us today on 2020. <laughs> thanks very much, Neil. Great to be with you. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.